0: Bill Michael Show. We continue on talking a little. We've talked a lot about the uh, the Green Bay Packers over the last couple of hours. Now we uh, move back to a little focus shift, if you will. Luke Fickle, the new head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, joining us from the Wisconsin State Journal. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Oates. Tom Oates now joining us. Tom, how you been, buddy? Uh,
1: I'm having a lot of fun.
0: It's uh, it's certainly a busy time, I guess. Uh, I don't. I wish we were covering teams that were winning and and moving on to playoffs and championships, but it's certainly busy. Uh, let, let's start first and foremost with your reaction, the way that uh, this whole process kind of came about very quickly, seemingly that suddenly Luke Fickle was the new head coach of the Badgers.
1: Yeah, I guess the surprise was that uh, they kept the lid on it so well. I don't think anybody realized how how uh, extensive Chris McIntosh's interest in Luke Fickle obviously yeah obviously was uh, obviously uh part becoming you know later on. Um you know and uh I think some of the original reporting linking Fickle to Wisconsin came out of uh came out of Cincinnati. So uh um you know every, every you know We've all heard uh, the old saying about the word "assume," that you don't do it. And I think we all just, or a lot of people, assumed that it was just a Jim Leonard was just a natural uh, for this job, uh, given the way this job has been hired in the past and other jobs here at, at Wisconsin, and um, it just seemed that Jim Leonard uh, clearly the program needed a new spark, but. Jim Leonard's a bright young guy, you know, with the NFL background, and it seemed like uh, he was a guy that could give the program a spark. So he, it just seemed like a no-brainer. And uh, obviously Chris, Ma- Chris McIntosh thought otherwise. You know, I think he talked to some good people. I mean, he, he interviewed Lance Leifold, who certainly has a great track record as a winner. Um, and uh, it, it appears that uh, when he talked to, to Luke Fickle, he, he fell in love with Luke Fickle. And uh, and then acted upon that. And Luke Pickle, you know, probably was is right about at that time when he needs to make that one more move. Uh, you know, out of Cincinnati, out of a kind of a mid major. Not say Cincinnati's a mid major program. That that that's unfair to them. Um, it's a very good program in a decent league, and uh, he needed to probably take that another step or two up the ladder, and he needed to do it probably now. So. It all worked out. I mean, I think you know you can't argue with Luke Fickle. He, you just can't. I mean, he's a he's mm-hmm. a terrific coach. Uh, my point is, I, I I would have been happier uh, from my stint, from what my viewing point, as with uh, Jim Leonard. I thought, I thought Jim Leonard understood the problems of the program and had and and had and had planned to attack those problems, and that he was just a natural for the job. But. Uh, to be real
0: honest, I don't think he could have gone wrong either way. Do Okay, let me ask you two things I want to get out of the way. One, it was, uh, do you believe Jim Leonard, it's been say, stated, blindsided by this? And two, do you think that any uh, there's any truth to the statement that maybe Jim Leonard might not have pursued the head coaching job as hard because he has the family, he has young kids, and a time commitment to that becomes somewhat of an obstacle as well?
1: I can assure you, that Jim Leonard wanted the job and wanted it very badly. Um, I think he was blindsided. That you know, maybe he thought that you know it was just a kind of a natural progression, the way Wisconsin has operated. That uh, they would take one of their own, especially one of their own who who appeared to be so well prepared. I mean, I can remember questions five, six years ago about Jim Leonard uh, after one year as an assistant co- back, coach uh, with the secondary. Oh, is he going to be a good defensive coordinator? Can he handle the expanded role? Well, he was great at the expanded role. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any question that over the last five or six years, he's been the best defensive coordinator in the country. And there's probably some statistics to back that up in terms of where his defense is ranked and and, and all that. So, uh, I no, I guarantee you, he wanted the job. I, I do believe he was he was blindsided by it. I think he was. Maybe blindsided more by the speed at which it happened, and 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 uh, you know he's told the next morning after his last game, and and you know I'm sure he thought he was in the running, and maybe there was more process to go. I I, I don't know, uh, but yeah, I think he was blindsided, and uh, but but no, he absolutely wanted the job. Trust me on that one.
0: Do you like Luke Fickle as the hire? You said uh, he, you don't believe they could have gone wrong either way. Do you like what Luke Fickle brings to the table and the way he kind of sounded in his opening presser?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a he's a young, energetic guy. He's, uh, he's I don't know, he's young. He's he's a mid mid age for a coach, but he's been at Ohio State. He understands. I mean, you know, when they hired Barry, uh, he had been at Notre Dame. And you know, and and Iowa, and some really successful programs. And when you hire guys who've been at successful programs, they they uh, they certainly have the the knowledge that goes with what it takes to run a really high level winning program. And he's won at Cincinnati. Uh, I, I mean, I I think there's a lot there. I think the the funny, the ironic thing to me is is that uh, everybody's made this big to do out of. Uh, well, we they had to break away from the Wisconsin mold and, and go out and uh, and uh, uh, hire a guy that'll just blow everything up and start over and, and well, that's just not the case. Pickle Look mm-hmm. looks a lot like Barry Alvarez, a lot like Brett Bielema, a lot like Paul Chris uh, in terms of what he likes to do. Uh, I believe he's uh, modernized. Uh, I know he's a defensive guy, but he's he's adopted a little more modern approach offensively because he, uh, unlike Wisconsin, he he has used a uh, a mobile quarterback, which I think is kind of a hot hot thing in college football these days. Is uh, with pass rushes being what they are, you better get a mobile quarterback, and and he's he's used that at Cincinnati, so that might be a difference. But other than that, he's a guy that he doesn't. You know, he didn't recruit four- and five-star athletes in Cincinnati. He recruited three-star and a few four-stars and developed them. Well, that sounds like Wisconsin. He believes in being strong on both lines of scrimmage. Well, that sounds like Wisconsin, and strong and physical. Uh, He believes in running the ball. That sounds like Wisconsin. So um, that's a little bit of the irony is he's a lot like the coaches, even though he's from the outside. He's a lot like the coaches Wisconsin has had.
0: What uh, you talk about? What needs to be fixed in Wisconsin? What do you feel needs to be fixed right now with the football program?
1: Well, I think the recruiting. They need they need a better approach to recruiting. They need more staff. They need better staff. Um, uh, Chris McIntosh allowing Paul Chris to go nine or ten months without a recruiting staff to me is one of the biggest mistakes in the recent history of the Wisconsin football program. And, uh, you know, when Michigan state raided Wisconsin's recruiting staff after Mel Tucker got the job over there, uh, they sat on it through a whole recruiting cycle and didn't, didn't have a, basically didn't have a recruiting staff. And, you know, moder- college football in the last three, three, two, three, four years, has started moving at warp speed. There's changes and changes and changes and recruiting and nil and recruiting staffs and transfer portal. Uh, it's just one change after another and you can start with recruiting. They need better staff, more money, all, all of the above. And and I think Luke Pickle will bring that um, on the field. Obviously, the offense is broken and, and what worked Ten years ago, isn't working anymore, and I think a lot of it relates back to uh, a lot of it relates back to the uh, the mobile quarterback thing. I think uh, it's it's become really hard, and I've had uh, college head coaches tell me it is become really hard to run between the tackles. Well, what does Wisconsin do best? Runs between the tackles, and the thing that can open that up is a quarterback. Who can who can stretch the field uh, with, as a runner uh, horizontally? So um, I, I think uh, I think that's going to be probably the biggest change. But uh, they really need to make some changes on offense, and, uh, and but they also need to make them. Uh, they don't need to be. You know, Don Morton made big changes on offense, but he went out and re- all he wanted was small, mobile linemen. Well, now you've just negated your your only recruiting advantage if you're Wisconsin, which is the big kids you can get out of Wisconsin. So anything mm-hmm. they do on offense has to stick to the formula somewhat because the the, the best recruits Wisconsin can get internally and, and in its own backyard are big strong kids. So anything he does on offense has to incorporate that.
0: Talking with Tom Oates of the Wisconsin State Journal. You can find him at Tom Oates WSJ over on Twitter. And so, what are now over the next, say, two three years? What are the realistic ex- expectations of this program?
2: Well, there's
1: going to be some new blood, and uh, that that takes time. I think uh, you know we've been told that the 19, 20, and 21 recruiting classes were supposedly really good. Those were done by uh, largely by the the recruiting staff that went to Michigan State. And those guys should be the heart and soul of the program now. So I think um, in some cases, at some positions, um, development has lagged. And Wisconsin's always been uh, a developmental program. Uh, and I think in some cases, development has lagged. So they need to jack the recruiting. They need to to uh, get back to developing... Not just some positions, but all positions. Uh, and I think Pickle, that's that's stuff he does. So I, I don't anticipate that being a problem. Um, until they get the quarterback thing fixed, I, I don't see them winning big. And uh, uh, they have to make some kind of change at quarterback, whether it's in the style of quarterback, whether it's in the guy who's starting. I don't know. Um, uh, but they have to – they have to get that thing fixed because it, it really held them back this year uh, against, against uh, not just the good teams, but the, but the, you know, the, the teams on their own level, the, kind of the middling Big Ten team.
0: Give me your thoughts on Miles Burkett uh, because he's a guy that came in with a lot of pomp and circumstance coming out of Franklin, Wisconsin. Uh, is, is this a kid that in his second year, coming off of his freshman season and kind of absorbing the program, is this the change that they need?
1: I think Miles Burkett uh, has a future here. I mean, I have no idea what this new staff thinks of him um, i I did think watching him in high school, I thought he was mobile. I thought he was resourceful and had a decent enough arm uh, Franklin also listed him at six foot two, which when I stood next to him, I realized that maybe they've been fudging that by two or three inches <laughs> right but uh um. You know, I certainly think he's. I, I have to believe he's in the mix because he he does give them uh, added mobility that they that they haven't had at all. And uh, I, you know, having watched him at, at Franklin, I, I thought there was he had some moxie and he was a he was a winner. You know, he he kind of did what it took to win. If, if it was run, if it was pass, if it was make big plays at key times, he always seemed seemed to do. Uh, to do what was needed and uh you know I, I don't i don't know if he's the answer i certainly think he's i certainly think uh he'll be looked at as potentially the answer which is you know then it's up to him he has to make it happen
0: hey uh before i let you go i want to switch gears on you real quick the packer season is not gone obviously the way we wanted it to give me your thoughts <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> as to um first of all Jordan Love getting playing time here at the end of the season, yay or nay, and then obviously what's to come in this offseason? Just a little bit of a preview.
1: Well, if I'm if I'm the Packers, um, I'm playing Aaron Rodgers until we're out of it. and That would be my suggestion to them. Um, at, at such point as they are eliminated, I don't see any reason to play an injured Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's he's battled through the thumb for for two months and now he's got the rib injury uh that won't be fun to play with you'll see that big flak jacket thing i would guess but as long as you're alive you know and and alive is really a stretch at this point uh, Mm -hmm. for them for the playoffs i think you, you have to play aaron Rodgers, but if not I think maybe you just put him on injury reserve and and turn it over to Jordan Love and, and see what you have for a few games. I mean, uh, like I said, if Aaron Rodgers was completely healthy, then I see no reason. But he's not completely healthy and and uh, you know, maybe it's time to stop putting him out there. But I, I still think you need to put out your best quarterback if you have a chance.
0: Uh, Oates, always a good uh, good time to talk to you, pal. I appreciate it, and thanks for some of the insight and some of your thoughts on all of this. You've been around a long time; you've seen a lot of changes, and it's uh, good to pick your brain, man. I appreciate yeah. it.
1: Yeah, thanks for calling me old, Bill. That's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember the same days. I'm right there with you, man. I appreciate it. Tom. <laughs> all right, Bill. My pleasure. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go, Tom Oates, the great Tom Oates uh, from the Wisconsin State Journal. Go to Tom Oates, WSJ. Over on Twitter, Tom Oates, WSJ. Good to have him on board. He's always good. He's always good. Always good to get him on and pick his brain a little bit. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. When it comes to Jordan Love, a specific player had some nice praise. For Jordan Love. I'll tell you who that is and what was said when we come back. Stay tuned for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there, Cunis Automotive, Cunis RV. Go to Cunis K-U-N-E-S, com. If you are right now looking for a, uh, a new RV, uh, fifth wheel, camper van, tow behind, whatever it happens to be, they've got it. You can uh, track them down. Go to uh, RV K-U-N-E-S, com. And if you've noticed around the state as you drive around, on 43, on 94, wherever it is you're going, uh, you can look and you can kind of see them off to the side of many of the highways. And their dealerships, as they continue to acquire more and more and more, one, their buying power continues to grow, which means they have more selection and better prices. And secondly, they continue to remodel many, many of these places. And if you've got a camper person in your life, for Christmas, they have all kinds of cool stuff in the showroom. Stop in and see for yourself. Go to Cunis K U N E S CunisRV That is CunisRV dot. This is the
2: Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
0: It's that time of year, you're going to be heading out to some holiday parties, maybe the family's getting together, maybe they're coming to your house, or maybe you're heading to theirs, and uh, you don't want to walk in empty-handed, so you uh, check out the bottles of wine that you maybe want to bring with you. For whatever feast you're about to sit down to, don't forget about our friends local right here in the state of Wisconsin. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. And uh, if you're going to go to a grocery store, l- liquor store, wine store, the- ask for it by name. Ask for it by name. I was in Woodman's the other day, and uh, I asked for a couple of them. And sure enough, they had the Moscato in there uh, left over from the summer. So it was good, good stuff. I appreciated that. Uh, but if you're up in the Pestigo area, stop into the winery. And uh, stop by and say, hey, I'm here to get a tasting and see what I like and don't like. And, man, some of those ciders this time of year, oh, so good. So good. Check out our friends at ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. Good stuff. Um, the uh, By the way, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you can hear Matt LaFleur coming up here in just a little bit. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, as Matt LaFleur stated earlier, uh, is. He expects him to play this uh, this Sunday, although he is not practicing today. He is not practicing today. Just an FYI. So, there you have it. Um, The Eagles, they beat the Packers uh, 40-33 going back to last week, but the Packers came away with a little bit of a moral victory, I guess, in the way that Jordan Love played. So, the four-time Pro Bowl cornerback, Darius Slay, who has faced Aaron Rodgers now 13 times, um, talked about Jordan Love. And take a listen to what he had to say.
3: As the game is going, guys, I see that A. Rod was running into the locker. You know, he'll he'd have put a word out there saying he'd been playing with a you know a thumb injury to since the Giants game. So I saw him running into the tunnel. I'm saying, what's going on with A. Rod? He must have messed it up. You know, so as a defense, when A. Rod goes out, we feel great. You know what I'm saying? That's the greatest quarterback quarterback ever. So if he goes out, we got to go out here and really get active. You know, the D-line get a little hungrier because they'd be like, okay, got a young buck coming in. I can go get out to the quarterback because, you know, A-Rod makes a lot of checks and all the communication at the line of scrimmage. That's hard to stop. So, young buck come in. Actually did a very, very solid job, man. They got a a, a bright, bright future. Like a bright one. Because Buddy is Buddy was slinging in. Oh, I ain't gonna lie, like, he low key looked like A Rod. Like, he's been learning a lot. It should be a blessing for him to be behind a GOAT and learning like that at a high level. And he's a talented kid as well. Like, he's a first round draft pick. So, he got a lot of talent, you know. And you got to wait his time, just like how A Rod waited his time for Brett Barr. You know, so now he's waiting his time. So, his time gonna come? And you can see, like, the gun slinging mentality he has just like him. Like, they, with the quick release, the flick, and the, picking the back leg up, he got, he he's, he's copy and pasting him, for sure. Which, that's a great player to be copy and pasting from. There you
0: go. That's uh, Darius Slay. It's on his podcast, uh, the Big Play Slay uh, podcast, and he said, hey, uh, you know, bright future. So, kudos to Jordan Love for opening a few eyes and saying, yep, yeah, this uh, this guy could be real. Guy could be real, but a nice, uh, nice amount of praise for uh, Jordan Love. Good stuff. It's also, Bill, not as if the Eagles were playing completely
4: prevent in that spot. You know what right. I mean? I've heard that tossed out there. There was like that was still a game. It was a one possession game, right? For
0: a good amount of it, the defense yep. just
4: couldn't get off the field.
0: Yep, uh, neither defense played great in that ball game. But uh, I agree. And, you know, you wonder, you know, had it not been for, uh, you know, the the tipped ball into the air that gets picked off, what would have happened there if the Packers were able to move the ball and that tremendous return from Keyshawn Nixon? You know, a couple of couple of plays here and there, would that game have turned out different? Which also, in a lot of ways, gives, you know, Packers fans a little bit of hope that maybe – you know they still have a shot, a legitimate shot, a mathematical equation shot of possibly getting into the postseason. And then if you do, as we were asked before, you know, well, what happens if they get in? Well, if they get in, that means they won out. That means they're one of the hottest teams in football going into the postseason. That means that things have started to click. That means maybe the defense has learned how to tackle. That means maybe the offense is starting to to be able to throw the ball, stretching uh, the field. And, and you know, Romeo Dobbs comes back and looks good and. They become complementary between Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, and then you throw in, you know, uh, Randall Cobb and his veteran experience, and they start using the tight end. I mean, maybe things click. They're, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but... I think we all sit here today and go, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great if we, you know, going through that schedule like I went through a little bit earlier. You know, if the Falcons can get knocked off and obviously you're going to have somebody's going to win unless they end up with a tie between the Washington Commanders and Giants this weekend, but you know, then you start to hope that the Seahawks get beat by the Rams and maybe give the Packers a little breathing room. Same thing with the Buccaneers getting beat by the Saints and you don't have the Cardinals playing this weekend. You don't have to worry about them and, you know, you start to go through that list and think, well, maybe maybe things can happen. Maybe it's going to be possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And you, you breathe uh, a little bit uh, of a sigh of relief for yet another week and see what happens. But the
4: Packers did have
0: pretty much done.
4: They did have a short field on like every drive though, because Keyshawn Nixon was taking every kickoff back 50 yards. There was the turnover on downs, the fumble. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Where like I, all their drives were like
0: 30, 40 yards. Right. They, they. <laughs> You know, the defense, I mean, if if you go back to the Joe Barry defense in the argument where Matt, Matt LaFleur yesterday or on Monday is going, well, you know, they did have some successes. You know, had the defense been able to get off the field at all and been able to spy Jalen Hurts at all, be unable to tackle at all, this might have been a different outcome. As much as we want to look at the offense and go, yeah, they were at fault, and they were on, on a few of those drives. They were. But that defense just you know, was like, did anybody have any hope at all when the Packers scored, they brought it to within a, uh, a touchdown. Did anybody have any realistic hope of that defense getting any kind of a stop, getting off the field and doing any kind of dance? Short of maybe an errant pass or punching the ball out for a fumble, did anybody have any hope that the Green Bay Packers were going to be able to uh, get the ball back and win that game? I don't think anybody did. I think everybody just said, oh, that's great. They're only a score away. Oh, crap. Here comes the defense. And I think we all looked at it that way. I think every one of us went, Oh, oh yeah. Okay, that's it.
4: Yeah, uh, I wanted eight, seven, them to yeah, I wanted them to just get off the field so I could see more of love.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, what would we be talking about today had the defense got a stop and Jordan Love then hits Watson or you know, Robert Tanya or Aaron Jones out of the backfield dropping one in the bucket for a, a tying and maybe go ahead touchdown and score. What would t- and they come back and win? What would today's conversation be? Uh, people would have to mute my microphone, which right?
4: I guess is somewhat impossible.
0: Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to give us a shout, we got Matt Lafleur coming up. You get, we're gonna play it. We're not gonna stop, but you get a chance to hear a lot of the cliche speak and the overwhelming monotone of what is and isn't being spewed in <laughs> <laughs> Right. We got a lot more coming up right after this.
2: Covering Wisconsin Sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Good to have you back. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. 877 867 877 867 you want to hit us up? Uh, do so. Kind um, of remind you that uh, we've got <clears throat> uh, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different stuff coming up. We've got the huddle coming up tonight. We're going to be at Kelly's Bleachers, right on Blue Mound Road. So come on out, six to eight tonight. It's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Then coming up on Sunday, we are also going to be on the road. We're going to have, um, we're going to have uh, the uh, Green and Gold Postgame Show is going to be coming to you live. From down at uh, the uh, Sheridan Grand Riverwalk in Chicago inside the Shy Bar. So that's coming up as well. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. A lot of good stuff coming up. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 867 1670. Got some emails I want to get to as well. This one is from Dennis, uh, who talks about the, the misguided loyalty of Matt LaFleur. And La, LaFleur's mental makeup is that he chooses empathy for his incompetent coordinators and apathy for. Towards his players this year under Barry, the players' morale is low. The and their effort is the same because they have no respect for him. His scheme, is play calling, because of the lack of respect and the poor effort, the defense is awful. Uh, the press and the social media beat up Barry and the players. The players look to the floor to come to the rescue. Instead, seeing the real problem and solving it, the floor piles on, making things worse by fully supporting Barry and blaming the players. It's mind-boggling. Last season, the special teams under Mo Drayton, the players' morale was low, and so was their effort. The players' special teams was an embarrassment. The press and the social media beat up Mo Drayton, the unit, and mostly Mason Crosby. Uh, once again, LaFleur never came to the rescue and made things worse by supporting Mo Drayton and blaming the players. For all of you to uh, put that much of the blame on the players, you need to wake up and see that the resurgence of Mason Crosby uh, and what he's capable of doing, it wasn't him. It was the process. Uh, Did it happen by any chance? Did he just try harder, or is he just lucky? No. He's been a professional the entire time. It's always been the coaching. He said, I'm not a fan of LaFleur because of his misguided, naive, and unprofessional blind loyalty to coaches over players and his inability and unwillingness to see the obvious and player morale problems and to solve them is inexcusable and unacceptable. There you go. We see a Super Bowl-quality team, he says, destroyed by incompetent coordinators, supported by a spineless, misguided head coach. That is from Dennis. Dennis, appreciate it. Man, that's a... uh, There's not a lot there I can argue with. Can't argue with a lot of that. I'll tell you that. Um, This is... uh, This is Jake. Jake says, uh, hey, Bill, I'll see you at the shy bar. Got my reservation. Jake, good for you. He said, do you think that Aaron Rodgers is still going to own the Chicago Bears? I know a lot of fans down in Chicago are are looking to scream at him when he comes out onto the field. Uh, He says... I think that the Chicago fans are drooling over the opportunity to finally start beating up on the Green Bay Packers. Justin Fields probably not going to play in this game, but the future looks bright for them, while the future looks very bleak for us. Can Jordan Love compete on the same stage as Justin Fields? Well, they're two different style of quarterbacks. Jordan Love is not a running quarterback. You know, he's not a a Randall Cunningham esque style quarterback. He's more of a he can move, but he's more of the pocket passer, the traditional style of quarterback then Justin. Justin Fields can tuck it and go. Uh, and there's a, quite a few of those now that are in the National Football League. Uh, but you ask almost any quarterback, and they'll tell you they'd much rather be able to stand in the pocket, have good protection, and then on top of it be able to have receivers that are capable of, you know, catching passes and, you know, opening up, uh, you know, throwing lanes. So I, I think every quarterback, you know, are there quarterbacks out there that, you know, that, that – I, I, you know, can compete with a guy like Justin Fields? Absolutely. But when it comes to Jordan Love's place in the division, um, you know, Kirk Cousins is not a running quarterback. Um, neither's Jared Goff. I think it's kind of an in-between for Jordan Love. He can stand in the pocket, but he can – he's mobile enough to get outside of the pocket should he need to do so. But that's you're – you're not concerned – about playing the game of another quarterback. You play the game of what your philosophy is. You play the game of what the plays are that are called. You play the game to the personnel you have. Justin Fields, I'm sure, would much rather not have to work with his feet, but more so work with his arm. First of all, you get more recognition, and you don't take a beating, and he's taking a beating. I mean, look at him now. I mean, (laughs) the guy's already got a a torn-up shoulder. Now, it's not his throwing shoulder. For, For the Bears fans, they're saying, thank God. But the guy's got a torn-up shoulder because of the hits that he takes because uh, of the offense they have or don't have, more so, if you want to say. yeah, it, You know, it, running quarterbacks in this league, they wow us, they make us talk about them and their athleticism and their dynamic ability, and, you know, and, and same thing with Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts, I, I'm sure that every time he takes off and runs – every Philadelphia head coach or every Philadelphia coach including the head coach or fan for that matter is probably holding their breath that that could be the last time he runs a football if he takes a shot in just the right way so I'm I you know I don't think anybody wants a running quarterback it just opens you up to too much liability as far as hits and detrimental hits go Ben I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. Every time you see Jalen Hurts take off, it's great to watch him run, but you're praying to God he goes down and slides before somebody cleans his clock, right? Nah, I wouldn't know.
4: I'm kidding. Uh, Yes, yes, definitely to an extent. I will say the really good ones, like Hurts, he took some big shots from the Packers on Sunday, Mm -hmm. but he is very good at avoiding all contact, and he's also built like a runner, where if Lamar Jackson takes the hits that Hurts does – his body won't hold up well enough against them. But some of the best are good at also avoiding the contact.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at a guy, uh, you know, you look at all the different quarterbacks that have been banged up because you go all the way back through history. When, when Randall Cunningham was doing it, was leaping and spinning and turning and keeping his balance and hand to the ground and propping himself up. I mean, it was, it was great to watch. But eventually his career was cut short because of all the beatings he took. You know, Justin Fields is going to go through the same thing eventually. You know, you're right. Trey Lance. Trey Lance got hurt running the football. You know, you're, you you love these quarterbacks. I mean, we saw Lamar Jackson a couple years ago. Lost a season for running the football. So you don't want to see your quarterbacks doing it if you don't have to. And there's no reason to say that Jordan Love, should he be the, be the guy to eventually take it over, there's no reason to have Jordan Love try to compete in that in that facet. No reason to. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hey, coming up after the top of the hour, uh, we're going to have Matt LaFleur and some of his comments today at the podium so you can hear more of that. And uh, we got that coming up. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers not practicing today. He's going to have the day off, but he'll be back at it soon enough and will be playing, as Matt LaFleur put it, this weekend. So we're thinking about whether or not he would or wouldn't play. He is. He made it clear yesterday on the Pat McAfee show, the head coach made it clear today, that he will be Excuse me, the starter uh, down in Chicago. So there you have it. He will have the opportunity to say, once again, I own you. All right, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Don't go anywhere. We still got an hour and 15 minutes yet to happen. We'll be back right after this.
2: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. Week 13 and the Packers getting ready to face the Bears Sunday in Chicago. Both teams have their bye next week. The Bears are pretty banged up after their loss to the Jets in New York Sunday. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney and veteran safety Eddie Jackson both placed on season-ending IR yesterday. Tight end Cole Kmet on just how physical that game was.
1: Somebody got our ass kicked, honestly. Um, yeah, down some numbers, but. Yeah, just just got our ass kicked up front, honestly. I think that's just kind of what it was, and um, they just played way better than we did.
2: Aaron Rodgers was concerned if he suffered a rib injury Sunday night against the Eagles that could puncture a lung. Rodgers, on the McAfee Show, was asked what did the MRI show.
1: Well, we're not eliminated. Uh, I got good news with the scans yesterday. So I plan on playing this week.
2: The Packers waived former Raiders safety Jonathan Abram after just three weeks in Green Bay and signed Innis Gaines to the roster from the practice squad. Gaines is an undrafted safety from TCU who worked out daily in the make ends meet delivered for DoorDash in Beaumont, Texas while he waited to get a call
3: from the NFL. I couldn't get like a normal job and still work out how I wanted to because any day you get the call for somebody to come work out. So it was like, I can't beat a job working out and, and try to get work out and try to have family time. So I was like... I I will just uh, work out and do DoorDash to make money make ends meet yeah cause get your own schedule basically like you work when you want to work so I'll work out and then get time to do DoorDash do a couple hours of that and do a couple hours in the evening and then hang out with my family and stuff so Try to make things to eat, so that was perfect. Really, where you work your own hours, so that was fine.
4: Do You prefer
2: this or Doordash? Oh yeah,
3: football, <laughs> football for sure, football for sure. I don't mind clocking in
2: every day. That's, a, that's not an issue. That's Packers safety Ennis Gaines in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: Hey, don't forget uh, the Connecticut water softening system. I've been telling you about this for a while now. And uh, by far the best. By far the best. Uh, The best water softening system out there. Whether it's just keeping uh, the calcium deposits off of the shower head, cleaner clothes, yeah, less uh, detergents needed because it's a cleaner water, or just the drinking water, the reverse osmosis. It's all fantastic. And uh, I get mine at the water doctor's h two. The letter O, doctors.com, h 20 Doctors.com. Call John Atley directly, 262-549-7733. Say, John, heard about it on the Bill Michael Show. Tell me about the water softening system if you're, you know, if you're just tired of the system you have, if you want to rent a system, if you have a, a new home build, maybe you're doing some renovating, you want to upgrade, or you just want better tasting water because you're going to get healthy in 2023. Uh, go to the Water Doctors, H 2 the letter O Doctors dot or call them 262 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. And if if it's not if if he's not in your area, that's okay. He'll hook you up with the Connecticut Water Softening Company that 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 is there in your area, for sure. So he'll get you all hooked up. I love that Connecticut water, water Softening System. Love it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 877-867-1670 if you want to find us please feel free also some emails to get to. Uh this was uh this is from Jimmy. Jimmy says uh, hey Bill, uh the Packers chances of going to a Super Bowl are nil. So why not go ahead and sit Rodgers and not risk injury. We don't want him banged up next year so you can trade him away or he can play for the Green Bay Packers. I think you run love out there, see what he has. Even though the Packers already know what he can do, let's the let the fans see what we've been missing behind closed doors. You don't play a player because the fans want him. Let me just say that. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with you. You want Rodgers healthy for two reasons. One, you don't want the damage uh, in case he does go down with an ACL an MCL or a collarbone. Okay, you don't want him rehabbing that going into next season as far as trade possibilities go, and you want to you do want to see. As a fan, you want to see Jordan Love, but I think the Packers probably want to see another shot at him, uh, you know, playing in another NFL game or two. Look, he's going to get that shot. He's going to get that chance. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, unless the Packers, everything starts to fall the Packers way, unless everything really starts to head in their direction. Okay. Suddenly, teams start losing. The Bears or the Packers get a win over the Bears. Then they get a win over the Rams. God knows they're, if they're still mathematically in it. Going to Miami, one of the best teams in the AFC right now. If they go to Miami, and by the way, Miami, uh, their next six games, five of their next six games, they have uh, they're playing teams over five hundred. The only game against a team under five hundred is the Green Bay Packers. So. You've got, what, four or five games remaining, the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, and what, it's the Vikings and the Lions. If if you get to that Dolphins game, yeah, you're going to play Rodgers the remainder of the way as long as you're mathematically alive. Because at that point in time, you would be, because you, you, you lost to the Titans in somewhat of a hard-fought game, but you got your ass kicked in the trenches, which came off of the Cowboys game when everybody suddenly had hope. Like, wait a minute. This team's alive. And then you came back to life, even though you came up short against the Eagles. So if you go down and you really put a whooping on the Bears and the Rams come to town, the Rams have all but packed it in. The, the Rams are a terrible football team. And as far as they're defending, you know, the, they got their championship, they lost some key pieces, and now it is what it is, right? So the Rams are dead, dead in the water. If, you, if, if by chance you're still alive and you can knock off the Dolphins – you know, at some point you're going to see Jordan Love whether it's against Miami, Minnesota, or the Lions. I got a feeling over the next couple of games that you're you're, you know, you're probably going to see Aaron Rodgers starting, especially if he doesn't take a lot of hits. Especially if he doesn't take a lot of hits. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Let's talk to Court listening to us in Whitewater. Court, how are you doing today, man? What's going on?
2: Hey, big thank guy, thanks for taking my call. Um, you, I've been listening the last couple of days, and it kind of piggybacked on a lot of things, but about this Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers thing, I think for a couple of reasons. we got to get a look at Love. For one, our draft pick
1: is going to be pretty high this year if, if things don't pan out the way they, the way they look.
0: And two, got to know if you've got something in them because, one, either you're going to be drafted a quarterback or two, you're going to be signing a player for a 20-plus million dollar contract for a probably three-, four-year extension. And before you want to do that, I would think you got to know if this kid can play or not. No, I would agree with that. I, I mean, you're gonna see. You know what you've got behind closed doors. I don't think that they're going into this with their eyes completely shut. I think they know what they have. I think you just need to see him in a couple of pieces of game situation, and and as to whether or not he's gotten better, dramatically better, uh, mediocre, mediocre better. I think he looks better, but. I would love to see him get a game or two. I would personally, if the Packers are eliminated, I'd love to see him play in back-to-back games against the Dolphins and the Vikings against two good teams and one team that wants to beat the hell out of you and the Vikings. I want to see him play in those games before I make a decision completely as to whether or not Jordan Love is capable of doing the deed, you know? I, I
2: agree 100%, and if things, like I said, don't play fall the way I, I think they're going to fall, which isn't going to be a good season. They're
1: going to be sitting on a pretty high draft pick, and they got to decide
3: what they're going to do
0: with that. Because there's some meat besides the quarterback on that team as well. Yeah. Yep. No, I I completely agree. Yeah, I think you still got to take a look. I appreciate the phone call. You still got to take a look at him. But if you don't, now again, if you don't get a look at Jordan Love, which I I'm almost guaranteed that you will. If you don't, at some point, if you don't get a look at Jordan Love, don't think that Gudikins, Matt Lafleur. Everybody behind closed doors doesn't know what they have. I don't think you have another Hall of Famer. I think you've got a quarterback who can maybe be a placeholder, who maybe can excel, maybe be above average. But I to, to find back-to-back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, I think that's few and far between. That's few and far between. But I will say, just from what we've seen this year, we've seen a better Jordan Love. I, I think we could all agree upon that. Uh, again, coming up after the top of the hour, you're going to hear from uh, Matt LaFleur as they get ready. It's Bears week. I mean, you know, you, you know I hate to use the uh, cliche of throw the record books out the window, but this year, who cares? <laughs> who cares about the records? Now, let's look at it this way. God forbid. God forbid the Packers lose this one. Right? I mean, I, most of us are thinking, you know what? No Justin Fields. Packers, are. they don't have much of a defense. They've got uh, uh, their wide receiver, their safety. Both have been put on IR. That team's really banged up. They're ailing. So, you know, it's probably not going to be much of a game. Right? Probably not going to be much of a game. Packers should go in. They may not win handily like they have in the past, but they should win this game. God forbid they lose. God forbid they lose. Oof, I can't imagine what the phone calls are going to be coming up on Sunday afternoon during the Green and Gold postgame show and on Monday if the Packers should lose this game. Oof. Um, the, uh, Brandon says, all I want to know is what in the blazes they are going to do with this defense. Uh, apparently, to Matt LaFleur, you're only upset about it because of one game. It's just one game. It's, it's because of a game. He's got to answer these questions because of a game. <laughs> you're right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. The head coach of the Green Bay Packers uh, on a Wednesday, a practice day. You're going to hear from him, and then we got a lot more coming up. We're not done. We got another hour yet to go. Got another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Stenny Second National Walker's Point. If you're going to look uh, for a a shuttle ride, whether it's to a Bucks game, Packers game. Marquette, Admirals, once the Brewers get going again, whatever it happens to be, make it your destination. Stenny, second of national, Walker's Point, downtown Milwaukee, Milwaukee's best sports bar. Stop in. You should be here. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
2: The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.